Welcome to the Cultivate Network Podcast, where we're digging in on Christian living, digging in on Christian living, leadership, and church planning. Here are your hosts, Jamie Couch and Anthony Waters. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. As we tie back in from a couple of weeks ago, we did a podcast that we were talking about the fear of the Lord versus the fear of the devil and how it seemed like there was more fear of Satan than there was fear of God. But I love this scripture that we just read. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So today, let's talk about godly fear, Jamie. Let's talk about godly fear. We know that Proverbs 8 and 13 tells us that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogance, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. This is the fear of the Lord. I love how the Lord's speaking through the prophet at this time as he's telling this. We know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In this instance here, the fool would be, have to be the one that was blinded to the word of God, blinded to the glory of God, blinded by the prince of the power of the air. That's exactly where the devil would want you to be in your life. He would want you to fear him more than you feared God, thinking that he had some type of power over you more than what God does. But we know that the Bible also tells us that not to fear the one that can hurt the body in any way, shape, or form, but to fear the one that has the power to cast your soul into hell. And I think that's a really good point when we talk about the fear of God is how God is the one that controls our soul, our spirit. He's the one that has true, full control. And I think that that's a big breaking point from where the world is today compared to their fear of the enemy more than the fear of God is that they have such a, uh, I guess it's such a instantaneous fear. It's not a celestial fear or a, an eternal fear. It's a temporal fear. And I think that that drives people more than, you know, looking long term, looking at the eternity of your soul compared to this, 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 this length of chain, as Francis, Francis Chan said, looking at this length of chain compared to the eternity of the chain. You, you got anything it, to say? You just said a lot. The podcast <laughs> is over. No, Anthony, this is great information. And I think that, that fear is something that is in the modern church age has been, um, it's a bad word. It's a four-letter yeah. word, F-E-A-R. I'm glad it happened to you. And we're not restarting the podcast either, baby. Oh, I love it. This is great. Fire. Fear. F-E-A-R. Fear. No, I think it's a four-letter word in the, church, in the modern church, at least a lot of it. This is great. And, 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 you know, it's like, it's almost like it's a bad thing to have fear. It's a bad thing to be afraid of God. It's a bad thing to have a fear of God. Because I, I think, Anthony, a part of the reason, and I wanted to lead off with this because there's a huge misconception in the modern church age of what fear of God really is. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, a lot of um, religious orders, sects around the um, uh, the religious world in the U.S., especially that that they actually leverage fear in order to manipulate people. 
there's, isn't that, isn't that there's a lot of religion that'll do that. And, yeah. and it li- literally leverages fear to cause people to uh, adhere to their rules or regulations or whatever the religious order is there. So they leverage that fear. But that's even though that someone uses it wrong, doesn't mean that fear of God is so I think it's been misrepresented a lot, and and let's put into context, Anthony, before we kick you know deeper into the, into this into the weeds of the podcast here, let's level set on what fearing God really really is, and I've got to go back. There was I think Paul Washer said it one time: men do not fear God because they do not know God. Mm. Yep. And I think that I the more that I I you know, and I'm thinking about. For example, let's just say you're handling a, a firearm. You're handling a, a gun. I'm not afraid of that gun, but I really am. I handle it because I know what it's capable of, right? And so, so, but, but, but you're thinking about God in this context. Like, like I respect that weapon because so I'm going to handle it with 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 very much care. And I have reverence for God because I understand that that I am a not even a microcosm of what He is. He is responsible for holding together in this universe and the Creator of literally everything. And then I go back into the Scripture, and the men, the great men that were face to face with God, all had the same reaction. None of them, as as the songs would say today. And I don't know I'm talking a lot. I'm going to pass it back over to you because I want you to dig into this more. But th- there's a lot of there's a lot of modern day talk and songs about how that God is our buddy, God is our pal, He's our bro, and 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 this and that. Well, I promise you, if you go back and you read your scripture, Moses, when approached by God in the bush, did not say, "Hey, bro, how you been, man." Moses fell to his knees when when Isaiah in the temple was approached by God and had a revelation of God of Christ there on the throne. He did not say, hey, man, how you been, bro? It's not what he did. He fell to his knees. John in Revelation fell to his knees and he began to worship. It was an act of reverence. So the fear we have of God is out of a heart of reverence, not like, oh my gosh, he's going to destroy me here. Yes, he can, but I, re- I, I, rev- I reverence him to such a high esteem uh, that, that I love him. So basically what you're talking about is the holiness of God. Yes. Understanding his holiness and understanding how much we fall short. So one aspect of the fear of the Lord, obviously, is to understand his holiness and how we are to come humbly before him and that goes back into what you said there about Paul Washer. We don't fear him because we don't know him. If we know him, then we're going to have a heart of humility, a heart of that humbleness before God. Mm-hmm. As you were saying that, you know, my mind goes back to the tabernacle service. When the tabernacle was completed and they, before they began to do all their, before they began to, you know, worship, you know, and to do the, the do the, the sacrifices and things like that, the presence of the Lord came down and filled the chamber. And when it did, the priests, all they could do was fall before the presence of God in just pure awe. Mm-hmm. And I, I think yes. for us, that's something that we need to understand. And, and yeah. understanding God's holiness and God's power, 
I think that there's a lot to that. And it, it brings up a really, a really interesting question. And, and it, it's a question that can, that can bring a lot of strive. And that is uh, understanding the presence of God. And have you ever really been in the presence of God? Mm. If you ask that question to people, you're going to get a very mixed response. Mm. It's going to go one of a few ways. Well, you'll have the one that says, well, I really don't know if I've been in his presence alone with him, that I've actually felt his presence. Then you're going to have others that say, yes, I felt his presence. I, I've, I've, I've felt of it. And then when you dig, dig down deeper into it, you ask the question, well, when you were in his presence, what did you find? Whenever you were in his presence, some would tell you that they felt joy. Uh, some would say that they had a, a godly fear that fell over them. But the one that is really awesome is the one that just levels you to the ground, that just flattens you out and just humbles you completely down. That's the presence of God. Right. When you feel the presence of God, just and I'm, I've felt it. I felt that. I felt the presence of the Lord come down and just you could almost feel it enter into the room. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't do nothing. I just had to I just had to lower myself. And I felt like I couldn't get no lower to the ground than what I was. And I felt it felt so heavy when it fell upon me. I was like, oh, Lord. Oh, and I, you know, I just stood in awe of his glory. And I just just felt like the ground wasn't low enough. It wasn't low enough mm-hmm. in the presence of God that I could get. But, you know, it takes me back. Every knee shall bow. Right. Every tongue shall confess yes. that he is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And that's, that's in awe mm. of his presence, of his holiness. But that awesomeness of God that you're talking about there, Anthony, that's not the propagators of fear no. that are in this world today. No. If you don't do this, God's going to. God's going to punish you. Cut if you, you don't down. do this, God's going to, you know, Johnny Cash, great dude, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, good God am I, he's going to cut you down. And, and that's, you know, while those things may be true, the, the, the ones propagating fear is, is in using that reverence that we should have for God yeah. as a weapon to weaponize and then to cause people to manipulate behaviors. Well, that's, if, if I only, if I only behave because I'm afraid God's going to punish me. Oh, yeah. Then it's behavior modification. Yeah, that's true. If I do what I do because I know he died for me and he rose again and, and he pursued me, and then yet in that I, I reverence him even the more. Yeah. But my motivation isn't I don't want to go to hell as much. Now, I don't, and right. I want to do, you know, but, but my motivation is I don't want to be punished of God. My motivation is I want to be with God. Yeah. And, but, you know, and then in that, I love what Oswald Chambers said about this, Anthony. He said, the remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Hmm. And if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Yeah. And we live in a world of fear. People are freaking out about the news. People are freaking out about the future. They're freaking out about, I promise you, God is not on his throne, pacing the floors of heaven, wondering what in the world he's going to do with this world. Yep. He is settled. And those who trust in them, him, are settled as well. Yeah. Because when you fear him, you fear nothing else. That's so true. And that's what makes you a weapon 
you know, against the enemy and the world today, that that's what makes you so strong, right? Is when you fear God, I believe the disciples, when they marched forward, when Paul would march from city to city and didn't care less whether he got beat half to death or not, he did that because he was not afraid of anyone or what they could do to him. Yeah. He feared nothing else. Yeah, you're right. Because perfect love. The scripture says, "Casteth out all fear." Cast out all fear. It's so true. There's no fear in perfect love. None. I I, I like the analogy. If you remember, I, I like to go back to the high school days. Think about if you had a girlfriend in high school, which I'm sure that you probably did. <clears throat> there was a lot of fear in that love because there was a lot of jealousy tied up in it, and you was afraid. Oh, they'd find somebody else. They'd leave you. They would do this against you, you know, mm-hmm. and you put a lot of trust in them mm-hmm. and it ha- it held by a string that was ready to be cut at the moment's notice. You made enemies out of your friends. You made out enemies out of mm-hmm. people you didn't even know, because mm-hmm. if they spoke to her, mm-hmm. then there was that jealousy, that anger yeah. that came over you. There was that fear that you were going to lose them mm-hmm. to somebody else. See, that's the difference between that kind of love and then the love of God. And I, I think sometimes... And let's go deeper. I believe that a lot, that most of the time that we have that kind of fear instead of godly fear, because if we truly have the God, the fear of God mm-hmm. and that perfect love, that perfect love, mm-hmm. then there's no fear in that love in any way, shape, or form. Because what did God say? I, my my fear of God and the love that God has <clears throat> for me hinges on a promise that He made, mm-hmm. and that promise was that He would never leave me, He would never forsake me, He'd be with me all the way, even into the end of the world. That's where my love hinges on that and in God his promises are yea and in him amen he's not one that he should lie he's not one that he will ever change in any way shape or form so I don't have that fear of losing that love that's a godly fear I have but I don't fear in losing that love because God said he would never leave me he would be with me it's not some man-made love or some kind of fear that I would have of losing this and I think that's important to hinge on but I love Psalm 33 in this, and I think it's so beautiful. And you could really, you could read the whole chapter, but I just want to read a couple verses here, and then I'll turn it back over to you. But Psalm 33, starting at verse 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth mm. up the depth in storehouses. Now listen to verse 8. Mm. Let all the earth fear the Lord. I love how the psalmist starts out explaining God's power. Mm-hmm. Man, by his voice, yeah. by his breath, by this, he did this. He commanded. It was done. Let the earth fear the Lord. You can hear the power in what he's saying. Let the earth fear the Lord and let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Stand in awe of him. Mm-hmm. Now here, and then he goes, he digs deeper into it. Mm-hmm. Why should we do this? For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord brought the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Mm-hmm. Man, that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Understanding his holiness man i think that's where it gets down to Mm -hmm. we have to understand who god is paul washer hit a home run on that he's exactly right yes uh uh, charles spurgeon said this too anthony and it it just kind of proves that point even more 
The, the fear of God is the death of every other fear. Amen. Like a mighty lion, it chases all other fears away. Yeah. And, and you can see it in the scripture. You could see it with David and Goliath. You could see it with, with Daniel you know, oh, yeah. in his situation. You could see it with the Hebrew boys. You could see it through with Paul. You could see it with the disciples. You could see it come to fruition again and again and again. There's this, it's an, it, you know, there's almost like this, this not even logical fearlessness that, that the people that God chose to use that wasn't necessarily qualified or able, you know, by all the world's right, yet they proceeded to do things that were unreasonable to the world and unlogical totally oh, yeah. without any fear. Yeah. And and they, they did that because they feared God first. And when you fear him first, if you can reverence him first, and let's, you know, it, and it's like David wouldn't have, David was not out there freaking out like, Man, if I don't kill Goliath, God's going to kill me. <laughs> no, he wasn't. You know, really. Paul wasn't like, you know what? If I don't go into the Philippi and let these people beat the crud out of me, then God's going to kill me. That wasn't Paul's motivation. No. Paul's motivation was I've been with God. I know God. I know his work and his mission. And he has me in his hand and I've been in his presence. And my God, it was great. Yeah. But God, you hold this world in your hand and the universe, and you're, by your voice, the waters tremble. By your voice, the trees sway. And bless God, I will not be afraid of these Philippian soldiers. I will not be afraid. Yeah. And, 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 and then all of a sudden, when Isaiah was in the presence of God, Isaiah was a man that had unclean lips. He was a yeah. man that was, uh, he, he was, he was afraid of people. But after he left the temple, when he was in the presence of God, when God sent the angel over with a coal of hot fire and placed it on his lips, and then God asked the question, whom shall I send? And Isaiah sent, all of a sudden, all the fear of the world went away because his eyes were fixated on the one who, who he feared alone. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when he, walked, when he marched out of that church that day or that, that sanctuary that day in the presence of God, Fear was gone. That's right. That's when I. That's where Isaiah. He didn't care who he hair lipped. <laughs> he didn't care what his words, who his words offended, because yeah. he wasn't afraid of anybody. Yep, I love it. So, as you were speaking of that, I thought back about the disciples. After really, when we see them in the book of Acts, you know, we see the point where they're brought into the religious leaders of the time. And the religious leaders of the time, they saw the miracles that were being done in the name of Jesus. And they despised this name of Jesus. And they, they called them in. And, they, 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 and then they counseled amongst themselves, what are we going to do to these men? Well, they feared, they feared the people, so they didn't want to kill them. They feared the people for those being uprising. And then, you know, eventually they came together and they're like, well, what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll beat them and we'll tell them never to speak of his name again. <laughs> and when the disciples left, there was a great shift that happened. Oh, <laughs> there was a great shift that happened. When they left, after being told, you cannot speak the name of Jesus ever again, they basically laughed as they were walking out. What normally <laughs> would have driven fear into their hearts and yeah. into their lives. Yeah. When they left, they left rejoicing mm -hmm. because they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. That's awesome. 
That's awesome that I was counted worthy to suffer for his name. They didn't fear man, the man. What could this man do to me? Beat me? Kill me? Man, there's a God in heaven. I've got a heaven waiting on me on the other side. They left rejoicing. How many times in our lives can we say we left rejoicing because we were counted worthy to suffer for the name of God? Not because of a fear of man, because of a fear of God. And that is the reason. I mean, they, they should have left shaking and oh, trembling, yeah. but they left shouting. Yeah. Can you imagine rejoicing. as they were leaving this, like, yes, yes. And, you know, God on high. They were Jesus high-fiving one another, yeah. like, this is great. Yeah. And, you know, when they walk out, Jesus is like, you know, you can see him in, with the Father in heaven saying, they get it. They look over at each other, Anthony, and some of them are missing teeth because they got their teeth knocked out and they smile. <laughs> they're yes. Like, this is great. Man. Look, it's, it's a, a paradox. It, it is it's a paradox. A total, it, it, it is absolutely. totally, it doesn't even make sense. No, it don't. But, you know, and that, that, that's another, <clears throat> another good point is understanding this. It won't make sense to the world in any way, shape, or form because they're blinded by the prince of the power sure. of the air. The devil has them <clears throat> blinded. So when they see you rejoicing in the midst of all this turmoil, in the midst of the fear, and you're over there laughing in the face of fear, they're, they're like, what in the world? This guy is a nut. He's lost his mind. You're like the apostles walking out high-fiving each other saying, yes. <laughs> yes. Man, the day that we can get to that, and I think that's a pinnacle that we all reach to. Absolutely. We all want to reach that pinnacle, and we should at least. <clears throat> I mean, that's where we should be headed to. Now, is this easy? No. It's no. not. You live in a world. You are flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. You're gonna. There's going to be fear that comes in. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But to understand who God is and understand godly fear and to fear the Lord. Let wisdom come in. Fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. Let the earth stand in awe. Mm-hmm. Let's fear the Lord. Let's understand who he is in holiness and righteousness. And let's understand who we are, that we are his people. We are his creation, that he sent Jesus to die for us. Could you imagine Christ as he faced the cross, knowing what he was going to face, the fear that, that had to be in his heart, knowing what he was going to face. But yet in the garden, he prayed such an awesome prayer. Father, not my will, but your will be done. I know that they're going to take Take me. I know they're going to kill me. I know that your wrath is going to be poured out upon me. But this is the reason that I'm here to die for these people. But notice what Jesus dreaded most. He did not dread the scourging. Oh, no. So he did cool. not dread the nails in his hands. No. He didn't. No. That, that didn't. That didn't. That wasn't what he was concerned about. And that's what we focus on. We do. You know, yeah. we watch the Passion of the Christ, and we watch, and we see the blood, and we see the agony, and we see, and it hurts us. Yep. Jesus wasn't as nearly as concerned no. about that as he was that he knew mm. that the wrath of man was nothing. Has nothing. nothing. If we mm. could visualize the punishment that he endured on the cross, and we think it was bad, what? Listen, it was the worst punishment a human could ever imagine. Yeah. But it doesn't even stand in the same stratosphere nope. of, the, of the wrath of God. Yep. That was the wrath of man. Yeah. That's a little futile man. Right, yeah. But Jesus, was he wasn't dreading that. No. Nearly what he was dreading no. is that the wrath of the Father for every sin that would ever and had ever yep. been committed by every human, no. every person hearing my voice right now, mm. your 
the wrath of God that you, it was directed towards you. Yep. Was directed towards Christ that day. And he said this, he said, if this, this cup can pass, he, he said, he didn't say, can the nails pass for me? No, he didn't. He not. didn't say, can the cross pass no. for me? Mm-mm. He said, can this cup pass for me? Yeah. If there's a different cup, I could drink God. But you know what cup he was talking about was the wrath of God. Yep. And Anthony, that to me, that, that breaks my heart. Yeah, it should. Because Jesus stood there and he wasn't afraid of man. No. His object of his <laughs> no. dread was the wrath of God. And, yeah. and I'm thinking about that. And the wrath of God, the scripture says, is on the children of disobedience. Mm. Yeah. The scripture says that. Yeah. The wrath of God is on the children of disobedience. And so then I go to Matthew 28 and I go to Mark 16 and I go to all the gospels where Jesus is talking about the, the Great Commission. He says, go, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to do whatsoever I've commanded of thee. Yeah. He didn't say, go, go go teach them about Jonah and the well. Do that too. Mm-hmm. But go teach them what I've commanded you. Yeah. And and so I'm thinking about the obedience. Teach them to obey. And and I'm thinking about the children of disobedience who the wrath of God's falling onto. Yeah. Jesus is like, guys, you know, it so it, it puts it into context for me. And Anthony, I can't say that I've in my entire life focused enough on the punishment that he truly faced that day yeah, and what he was truly, af- I mean, if there was fear, it was fear like, Oh my God, I know who God is. Yeah. I've been with him from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I know who he is. I know I was with him when we created the world. I was with him yeah. when he formed the, the galaxies and every single star. And he knows every one of them by name. I was with him when he parted the waters. I was with him when his voice began to tremble the mountains. I was with him when he divided the waters. I know the power of God. And I know that I'm going to face every ounce of his wrath today. Yeah. That shook him. Yeah. Man. You know, I, I, as you were talking, you know, you, I was thinking about the same thing. You know, he had never known a moment that he was not in his father's presence. You know what I mean? Mm. He'd never known a moment mm. from creation that he wasn't in his father's presence. And when God's, when the cup of God's wrath <clears throat> was poured out upon him, what does the Bible say? It says that God cannot look upon sin. Yeah. And he became that true scapegoat for every single one of yes, us. Did. At that moment in time, God had to turn his face from his son. Oh, oh, oh. can you imagine? The agony that he was in, it wasn't, it wasn't because of what man had done to him. It was literally like you said. It was that agony of he was no longer in the father's presence. The father had turned from him because he couldn't look upon him. And look at what happened to the world when it happened. <laughs> it went into the chaos. The earthquake, darkness covered the land. Everything went crazy at this moment of time. <sighs> but all this was done so such great victory could be awarded <laughs> to us today. Look at what freedom we have today. What love that we have today that we are able to sit here today on a podcast of all things that's going to go out worldwide that the whole world could listen to. Mm. In a moment of time, the whole world could hear this, that we could sit here and talk about the glory and the power, the holiness, the wrath, the fear of a living God. Mm. Man. Put this into perspective. And I'm going to close out soon. 
But Anthony, if Jesus, the Son of God, and you know how all of his power and authority, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And if he dreaded God's wrath in that fashion and form, then who in the world do I think I am? Oh my goodness. If Jesus didn't if Jesus wasn't high fiving God in the moment saying, hey, you're gonna be with me, you know, I mean and, and, and hey buddy, you know, Jesus was not. Jesus was reverent to his father. Yep. And and trembled and hemotidrosis took over his his human facade and he began to sweat great drops of blood. Right? And if Jesus feared God to that rep, to that level, who in the world do I think I am that I do not, that I have the audacity to think that I don't have to fear God? Well, guess what? If you don't fear him today, and I challenge you, if you don't fear him and you're listening to this podcast and you don't know him, yep. and I, I invite you to know him so then you can, you, can, you can learn that when you fear him, you don't have to fear anything else. He did not dread the the spear. He didn't dread the nails. He didn't dread any of that. He dreaded the cup. So, guys, I, I encourage you, do not be manipulated by the fear of man. Do not let people behavior modify you by saying God will punish you if this or that. Get into God's word and get into your prayer closet. Pray, pray, seek his face. And the more you know him, the more you will fear him, but the more you will love him. And the more that will drive you towards him and the less you will fear anything this world can do to you. The less you'll fear death, the less you'll fear anything this world can do because perfect love cast out all fear. We love you. We thank you for tuning in. Anthony, this has been a blast. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the Cultivate Network podcast. Until next time, keep cultivating.